This morning, you'll get out of the service just as much as you put in. If you want something out of the service, you can have it, but you're going to have to put something in to get it. <clears throat> I believe that the Lord wants to bless us, the Lord wants to help us, but it requires something on our part. You know, I, uh, I've said this before, but uh, church ain't a football game. Church ain't a basketball game. It's not a TV show. It's not something that you just come and you sit and watch. It's a participation sport. It's something that we particip participate in. And the 11 o'clock hour, you can look on our sign down there. It says worship service. It's 11 o'clock worship service. We're here to worship the Lord. I've got a message. I've got something that we can preach. But uh, if we're here to worship the Lord. It's not just to come and listen to the preacher preach. It's to come and to worship the one that died for us on Calvary's cross. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to uplift Him. And every time you raise your hand and every time you say amen and every time you say praise the Lord, you're not doing it to me. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for Him. So worship the Lord this morning. I'm just trying to my best to do what He's called me to do and y'all do what He's called you to do. Worship the Lord this morning. I, uh, Acts chapter 6 verse 1. And in those days when the number of the, of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicarnor, uh, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, that we're able to open up and read this morning. God, that we've got right here in our hands. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd take the word and you'd bless it. God, I pray that you'd help us to bring the thought out that's on our heart. God, you've had it on our mind all week. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to bring out exactly what you'd have us to. Lord, I pray, God, if there's some in the house this morning that's lost, God, that's never been born again, Lord, I pray that you'd draw them, Lord, to an old-fashioned altar of repentance so that they might get things right with you. God, God, we pray for some backslid, God, some just walking afar off, God, as Larry read this morning, God, that they're lukewarm or maybe even cold. God, I pray, Lord, that you draw them back to you this morning. Your will be done in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, on the day that I got born again, and even growing up, really, I guess, before I even got saved... Um, I, I wanted, and especially after I did get saved and the Holy Ghost came into my life, the goal of my life was to be a good Christian. If you've been saved and the Holy Ghost lives in you, then you want to be a good Christian. If that's your goal, raise your hand. I, I want to be a good Christian. I want to be the best Christian that I can be. If you're saved, I believe that's the desire of your heart. And uh, I, the message, I, it may be a little odd. I've never brought it out like this or heard it brought out like this before. But uh, the message that's on my heart is the crown Christian. The crown Christian. Here, um, 
We see uh, in this passage of Scripture, it's talking about that uh, the number of the disciples, that's just talking about the church. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple. You're a disciple of Jesus. you got something to do for the Lord. And that's what they was calling the church here. And we can read, we, we've all read the, uh, uh, the, the Scripture in the uh, beginning of the early church here in the book of Acts. But in the beginning of this, there was thousands of people getting saved. The church was growing drastically at a, a very fast pace at the beginning of the uh, early church church. This is the church that we have today. The church that we're a part of today, this is the beginning of that church and the church was growing rapidly and uh, there was thousands that had been saved and there was 12 apostles and these apostles was the ones that was doing the preaching. And we can read here uh, it said, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out, uh, seven among seven of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business. This is the beginning of where deacons came from. So if you've ever wondered where a deacon came from or the title deacon came from, it came from right here in the scripture. And the reason behind the deacon was because there was uh, things in the daily ministration. There was widows that needed food. Uh, the, the widows in this time, they didn't have uh, uh, retirement plans. They didn't have, uh, what's the government thing I'm talking about? Um, Social Security. They didn't have Social Security in this day. And the church was the ones that took care of the widows and the elderly. And I believe that's still what we should do today. Even though we got Social Security, even though we got government help, our faith's not in the government, our faith's not in Social Security, our faith is in the Lord. And if our widows and our elderly are in need, we as the church should be taking care of them. But we see here that uh, the, the, the apostles said that it was not good that they leave the Word and serve tables and that their ministry, their ministry was the Word of God. Their ministry, the preachers here, their ministry was the Word of God. And what they was needing to do was continue to spread the gospel. That was the main purpose of the apostles and the preachers was that they continued to spread the gospel. And there were some things that wasn't being handled quite correctly, so they found some deacons to handle the business side of it. The deacons was to handle the business side of it. And here it said that uh, they, uh, the uh, verse number 5, and they put, and they sang, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of holy of the Holy Ghost. As I read that, I um, I looked at this man Stephen, and there's seven different men that are named here, but Stephen is the only one that they went into depth on. Stephen was the only one that they said is uh, full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. I believe that all of these men were full of faith, and all of these men were full of the Holy Ghost because that's what qualified them to be a deacon. That's what they. That's why they were chose out to be who they were. But something was special about Stephen. I believe something was special about Stephen. He was the first. Deacon. Uh, I've read several things that says because he was named first that most likely he was the oldest deacon. I don't know if he was or not but I believe he was probably what we would consider in our day the chairman of the deacons. I believe that he was the one that was uh, 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 the head deacon. He was the leader of the bunch. He was the, the one that uh, everybody looked to. You know the, the, the name Stephen means crown. I didn't know that until I read it the other day, but the name Stephen means crown. And as I begin to study this, you know, Stephen is one of my heroes in the Bible. He's probably my biggest hero in the Bible. As you read through the story of Stephen, and it's only here in a couple of chapters that we hear anything about Stephen, but there's never a bad word said about Stephen. There's never a sin mentioned that he had failed to. There's nothing mentioned about how he had done people wrong. Everything that I find about Stephen was all good. Everything I find 
find about Stephen was that he was a true man of God. He was a deacon. And here in a minute we'll read that he preached a good message to the Sanhedrin about who Jesus was and what Jesus done. But this man is a man that I want to be like. This man, Stephen, is a man that I want to be like. I believe that he was a crown Christian. You know, he was one of the best of the best. Stephen was a martyr. He was the very first martyr in the Word of God. In the early church, he's the very first one that died for the cause of Christ. You know, us in America think that we can't die for the cause of Christ. We don't see that type of tribulation coming to us, and I pray that it don't, but it very well may. We may get to the point where they tell us if we stand up for uh, Jesus and we stand up for who Jesus is and we say that Jesus was the Son of God that they're going to kill us. It may end up to that point. I pray that it don't, but it ended up right here with Stephen at the beginning of the early church 2,000 years ago. So if it happened then, it may happen now. But other than that, I want to be what this man Stephen was. You know, it said that he was a uh, man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. You know, I believe that everybody that knew Stephen that was in the world there at that time knew that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. I believe that he had a reputation out in the world that he was a man of faith and he was full of the Holy Ghost. You know, that's the kind of reputation I want to have. I want Logap and Mount Airy and Beulah and Dobson to know that TJ is a man that's full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. I want them to know that there's something different about me than there is everybody else. You know, as I was uh, uh, 10 years ago, there for about 5 years, I'd built a reputation that I was wild. I'd built a reputation that I was a partier. I'd built a reputation that I was willing to do anything crazy because I wanted to be the one that done it. I wanted to be the one to make a name for myself. And I'd done everything that I could do to follow my father the devil and to make a name for myself under his control. But now I want to be a man that's called full of faith and full of wisdom and full of the Holy Ghost that stands for what's right no matter who comes against me. That's the reputation I want. That's what it means to be a crown Christian. That's what it means to be at the top. That crown. When we think of crown, you know, Toyota, they just come out with a new car. It's called a crown. And they got a couple different cars with the name crown. It's their top of the line luxury vehicle. When I think of the crown, the crown of something, the the crown of a brand, it's the top notch. You know that that's the good one. You know that that's the one that's the best of the best. That's what I want to be. Not for my sake, not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is and the change that He made in my life. You know, if we as Christians are ever going to make a difference in the world, we're going to have to be crowned Christians. We're going to have to be Christians with a reputation that we live right no matter who comes against us. That we live right when nobody's looking at us. That we live right when we go on vacation to Myrtle Beach and nobody knows what we're doing. We still stand for the Word of God. You know, them people down at the beach need to know who Jesus is. Them people in Hawaii need to know who Jesus is. If you go to Europe or Alaska or wherever you go, them people need to know who Jesus is. I want to be one that's the same everywhere I go. I want to be the same everywhere I go. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. As we read here about Stephen, and like I said, there's only a couple chapters here that Stephen's even mentioned in the Bible. He is a crucial player in the early church. He made a major difference 
in the, uh, uh, the, the direction that the early church went. But he's only mentioned for a couple chapters. So we don't know a whole lot about him. And as I read this, I thought, well, what do we know about him? Number one, I believe he cared for the widows. I believe he cared for the widows, and I believe he cared for it more than just for himself. You know, that was his job. That's the reason they had chose him out. We see that that's what he was chosen in the church to do, was to care for the widows. And somebody made mention of it this morning, but, you know, a lot of times us as younger Christians, all we're thinking about is ourselves. Not saying that we're selfish, but when we've just got born again, we're trying to make sure that everything's all right in our life. When I first got saved or when I first rededicated my life, I spent a whole lot of time trying to make sure that TJ was okay. For the first year or two, I was just looking at myself and making sure that I was living right and I was walking right. And as I continually tried to make sure that I was doing right, uh, it, it was more that I was focusing on me not sinning other than living for the Lord, other than doing a work for the Lord and here I believe that Stephen had went beyond that, that early stage of salvation that, that early feeling of the Holy Ghost that very beginning part and he had begun to care for other people he began to care for the widows and number two he had a desire to serve in the church you know he didn't have a desire to have a big name but he had a desire to do a job in the church you know we should have a desire to, uh, to, to fill our spot and to have a job in the church you know the church had already said it but it's not just a, a place where we come and we sit back and we say preacher bless me if you can hey if you can make me shout make me shout if you can make me happy and smile uh, help me bless me if you can this is a place where we should have a desire to serve in our spot there's something for each one of us to do as the children of God to serve the Lord there should be a desire in our heart to serve him not just that I'm saved not just that I'm trying to keep myself right but I've got to work out in the community and I've got to work in the house of God and there's something for me to do in order to uphold this precious word in order to be a crown Christian and to be an example to a lost and dying world there's something for us to do I believe he realized he had something to do he had a desire to serve in the church number three he was known for being full of faith and the Holy Ghost. You know, I believe, and I done mentioned it, that I believe that out in the world, the world knew that he was different. I believe the world knew that he was a Christian and they seen something that was different than most. But not only did they see him as full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost out in the world, but I believe they seen him as full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost in the church. See, these other six, they all was men of the faith. They all had faith and they all had the Holy Ghost and they were all upright and upstanding men insomuch that they chose them out to be the deacons. They chose them out to be uh, leadership in the church and to handle the business of the church and to help in the community. And they were all upstanding men and I'm sure that they were all full of the Holy Ghost. If you're saved, the Holy Ghost lives in you. But I believe that there was something extra that even the church recognized was different about Stephen. You know us as Christians when somebody gets uh, to testifying a lot or gets to uh, telling about the Lord or wanting to 
to do something for the Lord, we always say, well, they're going to be a preacher. They're going to be a preacher. Well, it's not always that somebody's just going to be a preacher. It's the fact that they've got something that you ain't got. It's the fact that they've got the Holy Ghost bubbling up inside of them that you ain't got the same. And if we want to be crowned Christians and we want to be the top-notch, the best that we can be for the Lord, we would all have this same reputation that Stephen did. Not only would we stand out out in the world that we're full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost, but we would stand out in the house of God amongst the people of God that we are true Christians that we are full of the Holy Ghost that we are full of faith that would be something different that will make us stand out this man is a hero in my eyes and he should be in every Christian's eyes but he's a hero to me because he done what he said he'd do he stood up for what was right he was a faith filled Holy Ghost filled Christian and his name means crown I believe he was the top of the top you know if you've been in church any length of time you've heard of this man Stephen if you've been in church for I mean you ain't got to be in church just a couple weeks and you'll probably hear Stephen mentioned because of the stand that he took he was the first martyr he was the one that was full of the Holy Ghost unlike anybody else that was around he was the top notch somebody should know your name somebody should know who you are if you've been in church for 40 years and nobody recognizes you as a spirit filled believer something is wrong with you it's not something wrong with God it's not just because you're older it's not just because you're not a preacher it ain't just because you're not a deacon it's because the spirit of God is not in you like it should be we should be spirit filled you get as much as you give as much as you want that's how much you'll have but we've got so comfortable just sitting in our seat and watching everybody else do everything that we don't want to offer up uh, offering of sacrifice of praise of sacrifice for the Lord we don't want to do anything we don't want to step out of our comfort zone for the Lord you know every time the Lord used me I've been out of my comfort zone the Lord never uses me in my comfort zone very rarely very rarely am I in my comfort zone when he really uses me and I know that he did we got to get out of our comfort zone so the Lord can use us we'll read it here in a minute But number four I wrote down is he knew the word. He knew the word. In order for you to be a crown Christian, in order for you to be a top shelf Christian that everybody knows that's who you are, you've got to know the word. We'll read it in a minute, but the Sanhedrin has brought him to trial and they're uh, charging him with blasphemy. And they're saying that he's saying coming against the law of Moses and he's coming against the traditions of the forefathers. And because he's saying that Jesus is the Christ and he uses the word of God to argue his point. He uses the very word of God that they're trying to come against him with to prove his point that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Son of God. And he used the word to convince them and to show them and to try to change their mind he knew the word so if you want to be a crown Christian this is what we know about Stephen everybody in here will admit that Stephen was a top notch Christian Stephen was a top notch he cared for the widows beyond his own he desired to serve the church he, he was known for being full of the faith and of the Holy Ghost and he knew the word and I wrote down a couple things Like I said, it don't tell us a lot in the scripture about who Stephen was. But I wrote down these couple of things. It's things that we don't know. Things we don't know about Stephen. I don't know his heritage. 
I don't know who this man was. I don't know how he was raised. I don't know if he, his grandpa was a preacher or if his grandpa was... I don't know. I don't know nothing about who this man was or the lineage that he come from. I don't know nothing about him. But what I do know, he was a man full of the Holy Ghost and his heritage did not matter. You know, us as the children of God, we think, well, my grandpa never served God. My, my daddy never took me to church or I wasn't raised in church or I'm just from a family of drunks or I'm from a family of drug addicts. None of that matters. That's not an excuse for why you're not a crown Christian, why you're not full of the Holy Ghost. It does not matter what your heritage is. We don't know what Stephen's was, but yet he was a top-notch Christian and was an example. We don't know his past. You know, a lot of times us as Christians, we'll use our past as an excuse for why we don't make more of a difference. We'll use our past as an excuse for why we don't step up and try to lead some people to the Lord. Why we don't step up and step out and try to be an example to somebody else. We'll say, well, they, they, they know my past and because they know my past, I can't be an example to them. Listen, I don't know Stephen's past, but he's been an example to me and it does not matter what his past was. All that matters is the example that he said and the stand that he took to stand up for the Lord that's all that matters we don't know his past and it don't matter we don't know his financial status I've used this excuse I've used this excuse. I've said, well, Lord, I, I would sure love to be a good preacher and I'd, I'd sure love to have a great knowledge of the Word and I don't feel like I do. I don't feel like I've got a knowledge of the Word nearly like I should. And I've used this financial situation in my life to say, well, Lord, I ain't got time to study the Word like I should. I've got to work a 40-hour-a-week job and I've got to do all this and I've got to work side jobs so we can survive. Lord, I just don't have enough time to be a crown Christian like I should be. I want to be one that knows the word I want to be one that knows what the word says when somebody comes up against me and says that ain't true I got something to back it up I've used my financial status as an excuse for why I'm not a better Christian than I am but we don't know Stephen's financial status and his financial status don't matter and neither does mine and neither does yours it's just an excuse for why we're not doing all we can do Well, we're not doing all we can do. And then I wrote down number four. I don't know his marital status. I don't know if he was married. I don't know if he had kids. I don't know where he lived, if he had a home. I don't know nothing about his marital status. But it don't matter. But it don't matter. You know, we all use that. I used it for a long time. I thought, well, I can't be a preacher. I'm not married and I ain't got a kid. I thought you had to be married and have a kid in order to be able to lead people that's got kids. In order to be able to lead people that's been married, you've got to be married and have a kid in order to lead them. But I don't know what Stephen's was, and he was a man full of the Holy Ghost. He was a man full of faith, and he was a man that stood up for what was right all the way to his death. It don't matter what your marital status is. It don't matter how old you are. It don't matter if you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend. If you'll stand up for what's right, and you'll seek out the old past, and you'll seek out God's word and you'll pray unto God and you'll get out of your comfort zone and try to serve God with everything in you you can be a crown Christian you can be a crown Christian Amen verse number 5 again and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip and Procurus and Nicanor. I don't know why I'm putting myself through this again reading these names. And Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. 
And when they had prayed and laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Listen, when the, the, the load got so heavy that the apostles wasn't able to carry it on their own, and they had to anoint some deacons, and they had to find some men that would step up, they found some men that would step up and be a leader, that would step up and be an example. After they found some men and laid hands on them and anointed them, and they began to do the work that God had called them to do, verse number 7 said, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. I believe if we would step up, I believe if we would decide that we're going to be one of these crowned Christians, if we're going to be one of these that's full of the Holy Ghost, we're going to step out of our comfort zone, we're going to do what God has called us to do, then the, uh, the Word of God will increase and the number of the disciples will multiply. This is a proven uh, fact here that this happened in Jerusalem. It happened when they stepped out and done what God had called them to do, then the, uh, the number of them began to multiply. The Word began to increase and we wonder why it don't increase around our church we wonder why it don't increase around Surrey County it's because we've not stepped up stepped out and done what God has called us to do that's all that's required just do what he's called us to do step up step out of your comfort zone and do the will of God I wrote this in my Bible right here teamwork equals increase it wasn't no big I and little you. It wasn't that Stephen thought he was better than anybody. It wasn't that the apostles had to do it on their own. You know, us as the church, we bring every problem we got to the pastor. We bring every problem we got to him and say, Preacher, I need you to pray for this. Oh, my mom and daddy's so bad off. I need you to pray for them. We're all Christians. We're all Christians. The preacher's just called to preach. That's the only difference between the preacher and everybody else is the call that's on this life. If you've got a problem in your house, pray for it. If you've got a problem in your house, go to a deacon. If you've got a problem in your house, go to a friend in the church. Go to your church family. It's not all laid on the pastor. It's not all laid on the preacher. We're all Christians. We're all children of God. And if we had the example in our life that we were full of faith, maybe like the preacher does, then we would go to them and Instead, maybe y'all would come to me with your prayer request instead of taking them to the preacher every time. If we had that example, we would go to each other instead of putting it all on the preacher. Teamwork equals an increase. It takes a team. It ain't just about one. It's not just about me or Bill or Butch or anybody. It's not just about the ones that sings or the ones that don't. It's a teamwork. It's a no big eyes and little U's. We all work together. <clears throat> Verse number 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power, Look at this. Did great wonders and miracles among the people. If you want power with God, you got to be full of faith. If you want power with God, you got to be willing to go all the way to the end. If you want power with God in order to uh, uh, have... I've seen miracles in my life. I've seen wonders in my life. Maybe not seen a lame man walk or maybe not seen the dead raised, but I've seen miracles. I've seen drug addicts that ain't drug addicts no more. I've seen drunks that ain't drunks no more. I've seen people that they thought would never step foot in the church come to church and get saved. That ain't me, that's God. But if we had put our faith in Him and we would be full of faith and we'd step out and do the will 
will of God, we could see these very things. But faith and power with God takes sacrifice. It takes obedience and it takes sacrifice. There is sacrifice in obedience. If you're being obedient to God, you will have sacrifice in your life. You will have to sacrifice some things. You can't be obedient to God and not have to sacrifice some pleasures of your life. It just don't work that way. But we live in pleasure. We live in pleasure. We don't live in obedience. We don't live in sacrifice. And the Word of God's not increased. And the power of God is not put on display through us. we got to live on display. <clears throat> then there arose a certain other synagogue, which is certain other synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertarians and Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom of the Spirit, the wisdom and the Spirit by which he spake. Boy, that's being full of the Holy Ghost. That's being full of the Spirit. When you've got so much Spirit in you that the words coming out of your mouth, they can't resist it. They can't resist it. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He draws. He's a drawer. And if you've got the Holy Ghost in you, He's going to begin to draw. And when He draws, you're either going to accept it or you're going to deny it. The choice is up to you. And here we see that they was being drawn and they couldn't, they couldn't resist the draw. And they didn't want to hear what He had to say. Then they, uh, Verse number 11 said, Then they suborned men which said, We have heard Him speak blasphemies. Uh, word, blasphemous words against Moses and against God and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witness which said this man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law for we have heard him saying that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us and all that sit in the council looked steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Boy, I've seen the face of an angel a few times. I have. I've seen the face of an angel when a preacher get to preaching and you know that they're in the Holy Ghost and the Lord's just moving her. A couple times Papa's went back to the back or on the top of the pews and you look in their face and it's just not the face of a man. It's not just the face. It's the face of Jesus. It's Jesus. We get to see Jesus when we come to the church. But hear what they've done. They've made up lies against them and false accusations and they've got people to lie against them and they've took him before the council. They took him before the Sanhedrin and they've... Uh, uh, took him and put him on trial for just saying that Jesus is the Son of God. For just being full of the Holy Ghost. For just being right. I can't say that I've ever been on trial just for being holy. <laughs> I ain't ever been on trial just for being righteous and full of the Holy Ghost. But that's what's happened to Stephen here. And we won't read all that. We'll skip over it. But if you, uh, when you get home, read that. That's a good message preached by a deacon. A deacon preached a good message right there in chapter number 7. We'll skip down to chapter 7 verse 51. And all he done throughout that was instead of standing up and trying to defend himself that he wasn't right, he used Jesus as his defense. He went through the uh, he went from Abraham all the way up through Moses and he used Jesus as his defense to, uh, to, to he used the, the word of God as his defense to prove that Jesus was the one that they had prophesied about. He stood up for Jesus. The blood was his defense. The blood was his hope. That was the only hope he had. He didn't back down from who he was but he used the word to prove what he said was the truth. Verse number 51, he says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, 
Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your father did. So now he's come against them. And this language that he used here, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, that's the same rebuke that Moses used to the children of Israel. When the children of Israel wouldn't listen to what the Moses had said, that the Lord had said, that's the same rebuke that Stephen used against the council here in, this, uh, here in the New Testament, and it pricked them at their heart. The Holy Ghost was speaking through Stephen, and it pricked them at their heart. And they didn't believe what he said. And because the Holy Ghost was pricking their heart, and it was just the Holy Ghost, it was coming through Stephen, but it was the Holy Ghost, uh, they they come against him and said which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one of whom ye have now have been now the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the dispensation of the angels and have not kept it verse number 54 when they heard these things they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth that don't mean that they ran up and bit him I've heard that preached before. I don't mean they ran up and bit them. It means that they, they gnashed their teeth and they didn't like what he was saying. It made them angry. The Holy Ghost and him being a righteous man and full of the Holy Ghost, the words that he spake made them angry. You know, if we was full of the Holy Ghost, some of the time when we're trying to talk to a lost man or woman, we'd make them angry. We'd make them upset at us. They'd get mad because they would know that we're telling the truth, but they don't want to hear it. That's what's happening here. The Sanhedrin, the council, does not want to hear the truth and they're mad they're gnashing their teeth and mad at what he's saying because they know it's true and they don't stack up to that they know it's true and they're not a part of that they're not who he is they're not full of the Holy Ghost and it said there but being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing on the right hand. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid their clothes down at a young man's feet named Saul. So here we have um, Stephen's pled his case. All he's pled was the blood. And that's all I can plead today is the blood is that Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the only way you're going to heaven. Jesus is the only way you're full of the Holy Ghost. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the only hope that i got is Jesus and what he done on the cross for me. That's the only hope I've got. He proved himself to me that he is who he said he is. That's all Stephen has said. He said that the word through the word just proves that Jesus is the Messiah. They didn't want to believe it and they began to stone him. They gnashed their teeth at him and as they was getting ready to stone him it said that he looked up into heaven and because he was full of the Holy Ghost I believe I don't know if it was a vision or if it was the real thing I believe it was the real thing but he looked up into heaven and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father you know every other time we hear about Jesus uh, being on the throne of God it shows him sitting it says that he's sitting but here in this mention of it it shows that he's standing I don't know if he was standing up giving Stephen a round of applause because he stood up to the end or if he was just standing up ready to greet him into the kingdom but either, either way he was getting a standing ovation from the Lord and I believe Stephen had comfort in the, even knowing that he was getting ready to die he knew what was happening but because of the blood and because of the Holy Ghost and because he had uh, assurance of who he was he had assurance of his salvation the Lord comforted him all the way to the death <clears throat> 
I jotted down a few things. The key to being a crown Christian. We all are going to agree that Stephen was a crown Christian. He was top notch. He was sure of his salvation. If you're going to be a crown Christian, you're going to be a real Christian. you got to be sure of your salvation. You know, I believe you can be sure. A lot of people tell you you can't be sure. I know you can because I am. I know you can be sure of your salvation because I am. If you ain't got assurance today, come get assurance. Lay it on the altar. Number two, he was satisfied with his salvation. And to be satisfied with your salvation, you got to be satisfied with God's plan for your life. Not my plan, not what I want, but i got to be satisfied with whatever the plan is that Jesus has for me. I don't know how long that Stephen got to live after the day of Pentecost and they was filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know how long he got to serve God, but it must not have been very long. It's just uh, four or five chapters there and he dies. And he dies, but he was satisfied with the plan that God had for his life. He was satisfied with being stoned as long as it was for the glory of God. If you want to be a crowned Christian, you got to be satisfied with God's plan for your life, whatever it may be. Number three, he was surrendered. I believe he was totally surrendered. There wasn't nothing that he was holding back. In order to be a Christian in general, and especially after you've been saved, in order to be a crowned Christian, you've got to be fully and totally surrendered to the will of God. Here I am, whatever you want, Lord, that's what I want to be. If you're going to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith, we've got to be surrendered. Number four, he was steadfast. He was steadfast all the way to the death. It didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter what they said. He was steadfast on the Word of God. And he was steadfast in what he believed in. You know, in our part of the country, a lot of people will come against the doctrine that we have. Well, not just eternal security, but all the other doctrines that we have in this church. They'll come against us, but we got to be steadfast. The only way they'll see something different in us is if we're steadfast. No matter what they say, what they do, how they try to come against you, just continue to be steadfast. <clears throat> Verse number 58 there again says, And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, The Lord, Lord Jesus received my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know, Stephen wasn't just worried about his salvation. He wasn't just trying to make sure that he was right with God and everything was okay with him. He was worried about these that were stoning him. He said, lay not this sin to their charge. That made a drastic difference in these men's life. Can you imagine stoning somebody for coming against what you believe and while you're doing it, you're saying, "Don't, Lord, forgive them. I mean, it's essentially the same thing Jesus said on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's what Stephen has said here. And in verse number 8 it said, And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. This is the first mention of Saul who we know as Paul in the Bible. Paul went on to write 13 or 14 of the New Testament books. He wrote half of the books in the New Testament of our Bible. And right here he would said, uh, chapter number 8 said, number 1 said, And Saul was consenting unto his death. So Saul was the one that was telling him it was alright, go ahead and kill him. It was okay, go ahead and stone him for being a Christian. This was a crucial point in the life of Saul. Saul, who then became Paul, 
he was the, probably the greatest example. He's the greatest missionary, the greatest preacher, the greatest apostle that I've seen in the New Testament. He's probably the greatest one other than Jesus himself that's ever been. And right here, he was part of the ones that was killing uh, Stephen. And because of the stand that Stephen took, and because of Stephen wanting and desiring to be a crowned Christian, Stephen being full of the Holy Ghost, and Stephen being uh, steadfast to the end, and Stephen being satisfied with the plan that God had for him, he made a drastic difference in the life of Paul. We may not very well have the book we have today to read in our hands if it was not for Stephen doing what he done. You know, we always give a lot of credit to Paul, and we're all so thankful for Paul and what Paul done and what Paul stood for. But Paul wouldn't have been Paul without Stephen. Ain't no way. Paul wouldn't have been Paul without Stephen. Preacher Bill wouldn't have been Preacher Bill without his first pastor that hugged him around the neck and told him he loved him. Hey, Mount Vernon wouldn't be Mount Vernon without the preacher. We wouldn't be who we are without somebody that decided they was going to serve God no matter what happened to them. That's the kind of Christian I want to be. I want to be somebody's example that changes their entire life. If you lead somebody to the Lord, from then on they're looking at you. And what you do is going to influence their entire life. Stephen stood strong all the way to the end and he's the reason that Paul, part of the reason that Paul became who Paul was who are you influencing what are you becoming what is people becoming because they're looking at you what kind of influence have you been I want to be a crown Christian we all raised our hand and said we wanted to be the best Christian that we could be it requires some things it requires Assurance of your salvation. It requires being satisfied with God's plan. It requires surrender. And it requires steadfastness. Let's all stand. Butch, you come get us song. Amen. If a message wasn't for nobody else today, it was for me. Definitely for me. I don't want to back up or slow down or fall on my face anywhere along the line. I know there's people looking at me. And there's people looking at each one of y'all too. There's some young Christians that's looking at every adult in this church. There's some young Christians that's looking at every teenager in this church. There's some young Christians that's looking at y'all that's 9 to 12 year old that's made a profession of faith. They're looking at y'all. Are y'all going to be the reason that they press on and for the glory of God and make a major difference in the world? Or are we going to be the reason they fall? If Stephen had to quit somewhere along the line... It would have been a whole different outcome for Paul. It would have been a whole different outcome for the whole uh, early church. For the church as we know it today, it would have been totally different. Listen, if we ain't right with God today, if we don't have that desire to be a crowned Christian, we need that desire. Come ask God to give it for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen, if you're here this morning and you are lost, you can be saved today. If the Lord's shown you that you're lost and He's dealing with your heart, you can be saved today.